We're in John chapter 18 and 19. John 18 and 19. This is part two. This is uh, impetuous Peter. So uh, I think this might surprise. How many people know how many times Peter denied Jesus? Three? Three. All right. Well, we're going to find out today. Because the reality is, is Peter denied Jesus a lot more than that. Part of the problem we have is when we read the Bible, uh, sometimes we get, we'll be in one gospel and we don't realize that that timeline is in another gospel. And people are recording things maybe that they saw that somebody else didn't see. So we're going to find out some very interesting things about Peter impetuous Peter as I like to call him because he is always doing something unusual and he tends to stick his foot in his mouth quite often if you remember back in uh, John chapter 13 uh, Jesus was getting ready to wash the disciples feet at the last supper and they uh, Jesus came to Peter. And what did Peter do? Anybody remember? I don't, don't just wash my feet. Wash my, wash my whole body. And, and Jesus said, Peter, you don't understand. You're, you had a bath already today. Yeah, I don't need to wash your but but I need to wash your hands and feet. And why did he? He was saying that because he said, Peter, you need to learn to be a servant because that's what the foot washing was all about he said he said up until now i have been your teacher your rabbi you have followed me but today i have put my my cloak aside and i've taken on the towel of a servant and peter didn't get that well just a little bit later in chapter 13 so turn to john chapter 13 and in your notes today, they're a little bit different than normal because I wanted you to be able to have all the references as we go through all of the Gospels and put this night in a chronological order because that's one of the problems we run into is you've got four accounts of that same night. And that night was as we've already seen. It was chaos. I mean, there was... Hundreds of people, soldiers and temple guards and servants came out to arrest Jesus out in the middle of the night. And they're going from, remember how many trials there were? There were six trials. Jesus is going from this house to this house to the Sanhedrin to Pilate to Herod back to Pilate. And people are moving all over the place. It's chaos. And Peter is caught up in the middle of this. And in John chapter 13, you can turn there with me to verses 33 to 38. Now Jesus is going to tell Peter that he's going to deny him. But this is only the first time Jesus is going to speak to Peter about this. So in John chapter 13, verses 33 to 38, let's put this into the perspective 
to, to what's going on. Jesus is still at the Last Supper. He is sharing with his disciples what's going on. Judas has just left to betray him. And he, <coughs> excuse me, in verse 33, he says this, Little children, I am with you for a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, now I am also saying to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And then up jumps Peter. Ooh, ooh, teacher. You ever have anybody in your class like that? I've got, a, I've got the answer. Peter jumps up. Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus said, where I go. You cannot follow me now, but you will follow me later. And Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, a rooster will not crow until you deny me three times. The first time Jesus gives a prediction of his denial. I want you to notice a couple things. When did it happen? It's happening during the supper. While Jesus is in the middle of teaching his disciples. They have not le yet left. Judas has just left to go betray him. And I want you to notice one other thing. When he says to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, he says, a rooster will not crow singular. Okay, this is important. When, when the Bible records stuff, sometimes we need to pay a little bit of attention. He says, and that's singular, once. This is going to play a part in the denials of Peter. He says, you're going to deny me three times. But of course, Peter, oh, I would never do that. Well, we're going to go to Luke, Luke chapter 22, to pick up right in the middle of this dinner. Luke chapter 22. The Lord's Supper's gone on. Judas has run off to, uh, to betray Jesus. And for some reason, the apostles get into an argument over who's the greatest. Now, isn't that interesting? What did Jesus just do? He washed their feet. He said, if you want to be like me, you're going to be a servant. You're going to need to love one another. You're going to need to take care of one another. But what are they doing? They're arguing over who's the greatest. And Jesus gets in. And Peter's right in the middle of this. Look at verse 31. 
They've argued about who is the greatest. And in verse 31, Jesus says this. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have been turned again, strengthen your brothers. But he said to him, Lord, with you I am ready both to go to prison and to death. And he said, I say to you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you denied me three times that you know me. Once again, singular. Three times today you're going to deny me. And Peter's, Peter's remark, and I want you to notice also, what was Satan doing? He wanted Peter. He already got Judas. It says when Judas left, what happened? Satan entered him. Can you imagine what was going on at the throne of God? You remember the story of Job? Satan goes to before God and he says, God looks down and says, what have you been doing, Satan? Well, I've been going to and fro. He says, have you considered my servant Job? Oh, well, you, you've blessed Job beyond anything you could ask. You've given Job everything he's ever wanted. Of course he's going to serve you. And he says, okay. I give you permission to take all of Job's stuff away. And what happened? Storm came in, killed all of his kids. The raiders came in, stole all of his, all of his cattle. Satan goes back to heaven. <laughs> what about my servant Job? Well, of course he didn't deny you because he has his health. And God said, you can do anything, but you can't kill him. And you remember poor Job. He had, Satan had to have permission. Can you imagine what was going on in heaven the night of, of the crucifixion, the night before the crucifixion? Man, the angels are going, I want, I want Judas. I want Peter. Peter's no good to you. I want permission to sift Peter like wheat. I want to take him out of the picture. And I want, notice what Jesus said to him. But I have prayed for you. <laughs> I'm not going to let Satan touch you. He's, he, may, he may try, but Satan's not going to trust you. But Peter is weak. He says, I have prayed that your faith, may, your faith may not fail. And you, and this is important, folks, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. What is he saying? Peter, you're going to fail. You're going to deny me, and you're going to be a failure. But when you turn again, strengthen your brothers. Peter, I need you to go through the adversity. I need you to fix this character flaw that you have, that you can't stand up for me. 
And in the midst of that character flaw, once I've restored you, you're going to strengthen your brothers. And who preaches the first message on the day of Pentecost? Peter does. And 3,000 people get saved. Peter becomes not the pebble, but the rock. Well, Peter, it goes on. They leave, right? They go up to the Mount of Olives. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 14. Matthew also has the parallel to this, but we're going to look at Mark chapter 14. And in verse 26, it says, After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The supper's over. They're on their way to Gethsemane. Jesus is teaching along the way, right? We saw him teach about, I am the true vine. We we saw him teach about the fact that we have things that need to be pruned out of our lives. Peter needed to have some major pruning done. But we come to verse 26 and says, After singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. Wow. All 11. You're all going to fall away. You think that's pretty hard to hear? He wasn't just talking to Peter. Peter was one of two that had the guts to follow Jesus through his trials. At least through the first three. He and John. Everybody else runs away. Jesus said, you will all fall away because it is written I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered but after I have been raised I will go ahead of you to Galilee Peter said oh I love Peter even though everybody else falls away yet I will not and Jesus said to him truly I say to you this very night before the cock crows How many times? Twice. You yourself will deny me three times. But Peter kept saying insistently, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And all the others were saying the same thing also. Oh, we would never leave you. We would never let you go on your own. And Peter, but notice it says, before the cock crows twice. What did he say before? Once. The cock crows once, you're going to deny me three times. And then in his last time of telling Peter you're going to deny me, he says, before the cock crows twice, you'll deny me three times. Hang on to those two, okay? Because both of those are going to come absolutely true for Peter. But before we get there, we actually have to get to John chapter 18. That was quite an introduction, wasn't it? John chapter 18. 
we're going to see our beautiful, impetuous Peter. In verses 7 through 11. John 18, 7 through 11. Therefore he again asked them, Who do you seek? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. And Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these go their way. Talking about the disciples. To fulfill the word which he spoke of those whom he had given me, I lost no one. Simon Peter then, having a sword, drew up and struck the high priest's slave and cut off his right ear, and the slave's name was Malchus. And so Jesus said to Peter, Put the sword into the sheath, the cup which the Father has given me. I shall, shall I not drink it? And in Luke chapter 22, verse 51 it says, and Jesus touched Malchus and healed his ear. Impetuous Peter. Yes, I will die for you. I'll go to prison for you. Look, I've got a sword. Remember who all was there? We had 500 Roman soldiers. We had the temple guard. And who does he go after? The high priest slave. I'm going to take his head off. Oh, and he gets an ear. Peter so wanted to do something. And in the chaos, he makes a mess. And he makes a mess that Jesus has to fix. Because what? There were that no one, he wouldn't lose anybody. Because if Jesus hadn't healed Malchus' ear, what would have happened to Peter? He would have been arrested, attempted murder. But we, now we don't have any evidence. The ear's been healed. They all flee. Now, there's a question. Why does Peter have a sword? Have you ever thought about that? Why does Peter have a sword? Well, Peter has a sword at the direction of Jesus. Look at Luke chapter 22 again. Luke chapter 22. We're at the end of the supper before they go out to, the, to Gethsemane. At the end of the supper, verse 35. And he said to them, when I, tell you, when I sent you out without money belt, bags and sandals, you did not lack anything, did you? And they said, no, nothing. What's he talking about? When he sent the 70 out to preach, that's what he told them. Don't take any money. Don't take an extra cloak. Don't take extra sandals. What you're going to do out there, if somebody you go to somebody and they support you, you stay there and preach. If they don't, you dust off your feet and you go on. He said, my God's going to supply your needs while you're out there. But he says, now, watch this what he says. And he said to them, but now, whoever has a money belt, take it along. Likewise, also a bag. Whoever has no sword is to sell his coat and buy one. For I tell you that this which is written must be fulfilled. He was numbered with the transgressors. For that which refers to me has its fulfillment 
And they said, look, look, here are two swords. And he said to them, that is enough. Now, this is just kind of a little interesting part of the story. Most people, when they talk about the Last Supper, they kind of gloss over the top of this. Jesus said, go, get your swords. If you don't have one, buy one. Now, I'm not going to get into a big argument here about the Second Amendment and going out and, and buying guns and, and doing whatever. Right? But Jesus told them. Why? Because he said, the fulfillment is coming. My death, I'm going to leave you guys. Remember, he's, that's one of, the, one of the things he said over and over again in John. I'm leaving. I'm going away. You guys be prepared. Now, was Jesus trying to get an army together? No, not at all. He was saying, you guys, these swords that they're talking about, we're not talking about, you know, we look, King Arthur's sword, right? Goliath's sword, these big, we're not talking about big swords. These were little swords that were carried inside the waistband for personal protection. He said, you guys are, are going to be in rough, rough territory pretty quick. People are going to come after you. It's okay to protect yourself. That's basically what he's saying to these guys because he knew he was okay. In Matthew chapter 25 or 26, it says this, verses 51 to 53, And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached out and drew his sword, we know who that is, and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ears, cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, put your sword back in its place for all those who take up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you not think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put my, at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? 12 legions of angels. How many is that? Well, it's actually, so there's 6,000 if we're talking about Roman legions, there's 6,000 in a Roman legion. Do the math. 72,000 angels. You know, there was a guy who wrote a song. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you. And me. He got the math wrong. <laughs> 70, I, I don't know that I want to go back and change it. But he could have called 72,000 angels to come and wipe everybody out, wipe the Romans out, and they would have been done. But he didn't. He fixed Peter's problem. He touched Malchus's ear. And I want you to notice how personal this is. Not only does he, he tell him the name of the guy, Malchus, but it was his right ear. I wonder if there was a scar. Because Malchus would have had one story to tell, wouldn't he? Oh, man, I was up there in the middle of the night. Sword came out. Blood was everywhere. And then Jesus touched me. See the scar? 
Jesus healed me. See the ear? I can hear. We don't know what happened to Malchus. But John knew his name. Go back to John chapter 18. You see, John had some sort of relationship with, the, with Ananias, the high priest that had just passed. He was a former high priest. John must have had some sort of relationship because I want you to see what happens when they, remember they had the six trials, the first one they went to Ananias' house. John chapter 18, look at verse 12. And so the Roman cohort and the commander and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him and led him to Ananias first. For he was father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now Caiaphas was the one who advised the Jews that it was expedient for one man to die on behalf of the people. And Simon Peter was following Jesus, and so was another disciple. And that's the way John writes, isn't it? The disciple which Jesus loved. He's the other disciples. He's writing here in the third person. Now the disciple was known to the high priest and entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. He goes into Ananias' house. John does. But Peter was standing at the door. He didn't have permission to get in. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the doorkeeper, and brought Peter in. And when the slave girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of the man's disciples, are you? And he said, I am not. Denial number one. We're at Ananias' house. We're at the front door. Nobody else is around. Pretty easy denial. Nope, wasn't me. It's my doppelganger. It's my evil twin. Not when me. Verse 18. Now the slaves and the officers were standing there having made a charcoal fire, for it was cold, and they were warming themselves, and Peter was also with them standing and warming himself. Peter was trying to blend in. He got too comfortable. Well, I'm just going to stand over here by the warming fire, right? Kind of back in the shadows a little bit so nobody sees me. And he's watching what's happening at Ananias' house. Denial number one has taken place. We go down in the story. What happens? What's the second trial? You remember? Before Caiaphas, they take... They take Jesus from Ananias' house to Caiaphas' house. We pick up at verse 25. They're at Caiaphas' house. Now Simon Peter, where do we find him again? Was standing and warming himself. And so they, they said to him, You are not one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it saying, I am not. 
And one of the slaves of the high priest, being a relative of the one whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? And then Peter denied it again. And immediately, what happened? The rooster crowed. One time. Who was involved this time? Not the doorkeeper. She was at Anias' house. The, the second denial comes with who? And they said. The bystanders are standing around the fire. They looked to Peter and they said, You're one of his disciples. I've seen you around. You look familiar. I've seen you with this Jesus. And he denied him, didn't he? Denial number three. The relative of Malchus. Do you think Malchus had a story to tell when he got back? Amid all the chaos. Hey, cuz. I heard you got hit with a sword. Let me see. The ear's back. You got you to gotta hear. Or maybe they were there because they recognized Peter. And they made a personal attack at Peter. Said, you were there. I saw you in the garden. Peter denies him the third time. The cock crows once. Jesus said what? Before the cock crows one time, you will deny me three times. But that wasn't, Jesus didn't just tell him that one time. But Jesus referred to another time, right? He said, another time, he said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows twice. So watch what happens. In Mark chapter 14, turn to Mark 14. Once again, we pick up our story. Where are they at? In Mark chapter 14, verse 66, we find Jesus at Caiaphas' house. Trial number two. They're slapping Jesus around. The high priest has torn his clothes. He said, what more witnesses do we have? They have not yet sent him to the Sanhedrin. He's still at Caiaphas' house. Verse 66. And Peter was below in the courtyard. One of the servant girls of the high priest came, and he said, and Peter was warming himself, and she looked at him and said, you were with Jesus the Nazarene. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you're talking about. And he went out onto the porch. Denial number four. She recognizes him, confronts him. I don't know you. I don't even, under, I don't even understand what you're talking about. I wasn't there. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite things when I was a cop, you, you're searching somebody and you find dope in their pocket, you know what they're going to tell you? They're going 
They're not my pants. I used to hear that. They're not my pants. I just woke up and put them on, and, and there just happened to be a bunch of dope in the pocket. I don't understand what you're talking. I wasn't there. You see, not acknowledging Jesus is to deny Jesus. You see, we can be those. A lot of people want to be the secret agent Christian. Well, if I don't say anything, nobody will know, and I won't get into any trouble. You know, nobody, nobody needs to know I, I'm a Jesus follower. I'll just be a secret agent. And Jesus says, no. You either acknowledge me as Lord, or I'll, I will disavow you. I will, I will not acknowledge you. Peter denied Jesus by saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Number four, right? Look at verse 69. The servant girl saw him and began once more saying to the bystanders, this is one of them. But again, he denied it. And we're going to stop there. Same girl tells Peter, I know it was you. Different crowd. Where did Peter move to? He went from the courtyard to the porch. He went out to the porch. He says, I'm, I'm backing up here, folks. I want to, this is getting uncomfortable around the fire. I want to go someplace where they don't know me. And he goes to the porch and she follows him. She says, brother, I know it was you. I saw you in the garden. Gets kind of people riled up. How many is that now? Denial number five. Okay, denial number five. Keep on in Matthew or Mark 14. And after a little while, time and space, after a little while, the bystanders, okay, it's no longer the servant girl. The bystanders were saying to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean also. You ever, you ever know somebody is from a different place by the way they talk, y'all, right? Y'all. I grew up in, in beautiful downtown Waterloo. I don't know that we have accents in Waterloo. But my mom and daddy came from Oklahoma and Arkansas. My mom is sitting back there. She'll tell you the truth on this one. Every couple years, we'd go to Oklahoma and Arkansas and visit the relatives. Now, that's what you do when you don't have any money for vacation. You get it. You get in the station. We had a big old Pontiac station wagon. My daddy used to work graveyard. So we would leave like at 8 o'clock at night. Everybody's in their PJs. And daddy would drive through the night. We would be like in Nevada by the time us kids woke up. We would go back to Oklahoma and Arkansas. And of course, they talk funny well by the time you've been back there two or three weeks guess how you talk y'all what's you ones doing you know and, and so you we would come back and everybody's like you've been in the south way too long they knew peter's voice because he sounded like a galilean he had that or, 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 you know, it's kind of like going to New York, that New York accent. You hear, you understand where people are by their inflection. 
And these people looked and they said, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean too. And watch Peter's reaction. What was his reaction when the cock crowed the first time? Was there any reaction? No. After the first three denials, Peter didn't react when the cock crowed at all. A little bit hard catching on, isn't he? Why did Jesus tell him three times, you're going to deny me? Because Peter didn't get it. He didn't get it after he denied the first three times. He has now denied Jesus coming up on number six. Watch what happens. But again, he denied it. And after a little while, Peter, the bystanders were saying, Peter, surely you are one of them. You are a Galilean too. But he began to what? Curse and swear, I do not know this man. And immediately the cock crowed a second time. And Peter remembered how Jesus had made the remark to him, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he began to weep. The first three times, Peter didn't even phase him. And now number six comes along. He's denied Jesus six times. That comes into his mind that Jesus said, when that cock crowed twice, he said, oh, I want you to look. I want you to look at Luke 22. I, I cannot imagine this happening to me. Luke 22, verse 61 and 62. Let's go back to 60. This is the number six denial. Peter said, man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and it said he wept bitterly. I want you to remember the scene. It's chaos. We're in Caiaphas's house. There's people everywhere. Caiaphas lives in a big house, big enough to have a courtyard and a porch. He's standing up on the porch trying to distance himself from Jesus, trying to distance himself from being recognized as one of his apostles. And he denies Jesus the third or the sixth time. Jesus is standing down in front of the high priest. He has been beaten already with the fists of the, of the, uh, of the temple guard. And at that very moment, when that rooster crows twice, he looks across 
all of the people. And he looks at Peter. And their eyes fix on each other. I can't imagine the shame Peter felt. All of those times he said, Lord, I'll defend you to the death. I'll go to prison. I'll do whatever it takes. I will follow you to the death. And he denied him six times. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt you find yourself disappointing Jesus one more time? Lord, I failed you. I sinned again. I, I, I did this again. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks at you. And you see him. And all you can do is weep. So there's a question I have for you today. The first one is, is there hope after denial? Is there hope? There is hope after denial. In John chapter 20, we find him, we find Peter going to the garden, going to the tomb. Sorry about that. Peter going to the tomb. Remember, Mary Magdalene had been. Tomb was empty. She ran back. Peter and John run, run forward. They get there in verses 9 and 10. And yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. They didn't know what to believe. Jesus has died. The tomb is empty. I'm not sure what's going on. They just go back home. Later on, we're going to find that Jesus finally meets them in, in verse 19 of chapter 20. Jesus goes, walks through the wall of the house because the door is locked because they're afraid of the Jews. Says, it's me. <laughs> they believe. But even in that, in John chapter 21, and verse 3, it says this about Peter. They go up to Galilee, and it says, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will come with you. And they went out and got in the boat. And that night, they caught nothing. He went back to what he knew. Peter said, I'm just a fisherman. What? I, I, I can't do anything right. When it, when it came time to fight, all I got was an ear. When it came time to stand, I denied Jesus six times. What am I going to do? 
But Jesus showed up, didn't he? <laughs> Jesus showed up where Peter was. Starts a little fire. Jesus was the fisherman because he already had some fish on that fire. He said, you guys cast your net on the other side. And when they get all these fish, Peter realizes that's my Jesus. And Jesus is going to restore Peter. That's another sermon. But I want you to understand that Jesus is the God of restoration. There is nothing we can do that is too bad for Jesus. Hallelujah is right. Because if I have to stand in my own righteousness, there's nothing there to stand for. Jesus, the God of restoration. And where did that restoration come? That restoration came on the cross. You see, we all have the same problem, don't we? See, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we were to stand in our own righteousness before God in heaven and he says, why should I let you in? And I, and I said, oh, I tried really hard. I was a good guy. How far would that get me? It would get me straight to the gates of hell. I never knew you. But if I stand before God... And I say, God, here I am in all of my flaws. But I, I can come to you, Heavenly Father, because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I don't stand in myself. I stand in the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. I stand restored in your kingdom forever because of the blood of Jesus. The only way to the cross, the only way to Jesus is through the cross. The only way to heaven is through the cross, through the blood of Jesus. That's what brings us restoration. And he wants to restore each and every one of us. We're going to come to, to uh, communion time. And this is where we remember that price that was paid at the Last Supper when Jesus took that bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat and remember to me. My body, they're going to beat me? We're going to see this next Sunday. What did it cost Jesus to go to the cross? Because the Bible says Jesus suffered and died. What did it cost Jesus to go to the cross? He says, my body will be broken for you. He said, my blood, this cup represents the blood that is shed for you for the remission of sin. And as often as you drink this, you drink it in remembrance of me. So we're going to come to communion. I don't know 
what you've been going through. I don't know what your, what your weeks look like, maybe what your years look like, maybe it's what your decade has looked like. But I believe there are people here this morning that say, I need to be restored in Jesus. Jesus.